You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can like us on Facebook, comment. You can share our podcasts right from that site to your own page. Share Locked On Packers with your friends with the Locked On Packers Facebook page. We are going to spend this show engaging in a discussion about the Packers defense and specifically the run defense because I had a listener point out to me that I took for granted the idea that Mike Pettin would come in and just make this run defense better or at least keep it status quo. And the point was that some of Pettin's run defenses haven't been very good. And that is true. A couple of the run defenses, particularly the Cleveland run defenses, were not great. But the broader point that I want to make, and we're going to talk about this in some depth, is not only... Does it not matter to me that much? It doesn't matter to me because it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And and we'll get to why a little bit later, but I just, I want to go through this. So if you look just at the run defenses, there is a perhaps troubling trend. So if you go back and you look at the four years that Mike Patton was the defensive coordinator for the Jets the year with the Bills, and the two years with the Browns. The the run defenses in order. Seventh by DVOA, second, fourth. So far, so good. But then 15th, 19th, 31st, and 26th. This is a, this is a Dom Capers-esque trend line, right? Starts off pretty good and then gets progressively worse. Okay, but. Now let's look at the passing defense. First, seventh, second, tenth, second, second, 27th. So in seven seasons, six top 10 groups, and then the 15 Cleveland Browns is a little bit of a mess. That was not a particularly talented team overall, not a particularly talented defense. The point here is... Not just, oh, well, he has really good passing defenses. Let me relay now the total defense rankings. First, fifth, second, ninth, fourth, 11th, and 29th. So even in a season where Cleveland was the second worst run defense by DVOA in football because they were the second best passing defense by DVOA in football. They were the 11th best defense overall. You cannot simply take one ranking 
and index it to the other ranking and say, now we have the, the total defense ranking. Oh, if the, if the passing defense is really good and the running defense is really bad, then you just have an average defense. No, you can have an above average defense. 11th, that's a good defense. That is just outside the top 10 because passing is so much more important. Mike Patton has said he wants to focus on the passing defense. It's the number it's the thing that can hurt you the most. More things can go wrong when you pass the ball than when you run the ball. But you can also be much more productive. And you can be hurt as a defense so much more through the air than you can on the ground. So if you want to have a concern about the Mike Patton run defense, I say if the passing defense is good, I don't care. I don't care. And statistically speaking, either should you. I mean, that's just the reality of the way the NFL is. You want a good passing defense. And so it, the, the, these are the numbers that, that matter to me. Total defense, passing defense. And then I, I would like turnovers, but there are a lot of defenses that are very good without creating turnovers. Teams that are too turnover-reliant can be inconsistent defensively. What you want aren't necessarily turnovers. What you want are stops. The Jets were a very good defense under Mike Pettin, not because they created so many turnovers, although they did create turnovers, but they also got a ton of stops. Darrell Revis in his prime was not a 12-interception cornerback. He was so good because you didn't even throw at him. Now, obviously, the Packers don't have a player of that caliber, but that is that is not necessary because in Buffalo, he didn't have a cornerback of that caliber. And in Cleveland, he had Joe Hayden, but Joe Hayden wasn't Revis. And the rest of that defense was so supremely mediocre. And if you go back and look at that Jets defense, the, the ones that, that Mike Patton and Rex Ryan consistently made top 10 groups... I mean, it is it is not a murderer's row of defensive talent. I mean, this Vikings team right now is more talented than those teams were. But Darrell Revis was such an incandescent player that he elevated the rest of those guys and allowed the Jets to do things other teams simply couldn't do. Charles Woodson did that for Dom Capers. And so this was a discussion we had when, when Patton was signed. I think you could make a good case that Dom Capers, when he had really good players, was a good defensive coordinator. When he had Tremont Williams and Charles Woodson and B.J. Raji and Clay Matthews in his prime and Colin Jenkins and Nick Collins, he had a really good defense. The talent level waned, and so did the defense. Well, Mike Patton has had top 10 defenses without Darrell Revis. He had a top 10 11 defense with the Browns, a second ranked passing defense with the Browns with less talent than Green Bay has right now. So even if the Packers were to somehow fall all the way down on run defense, but move all the way up on passing defense, that is a trade you take 10 times out of 10. Absolutely positively. The thing that matters is stopping opposing 
quarterbacks. And and the evolution of the game is such that one of my colleagues at Acme Packing Company wrote a piece uh, a year or two ago about Dom Capers and how his version of defense is antiquated to the modern NFL because so much of what the modern league has become is turnover avoidance. The league has become more risk averse. And so having a defense that relies on sacks and turnovers to be effective is no longer the proper way to play defense in the league. And when you look at all of the different kinds of defenses that Mike Pettin has put together, they have gotten it done in different kinds of ways. That Buffalo team had a great front and they took advantage of it and they got after quarterbacks. And that Jets team, they were they were very stout up the middle, but they didn't have great pass rushers. They had good corners, one great corner, and they were able to come in that that was not the most talented defense in the league. But they were the best defense in the league, the most consistent defense in the league. And and certainly that 2014 Browns team was not a loaded group. And we saw the next season. But they played at a high level. Green Bay is not an untalented defensive group. And if you look particularly at the the pieces in place to be a good run defense with Daniels and Wilkerson, Clark, and Martinez, if this isn't an elite run defense, it's going to be a shock because it, it, it run defense is, some of it is scheme and design, but a lot of it is you just have to have the horses. You just have to have big, strong, instinctive bodies up front. And Green Bay has that. Green Bay has that. I have said many times on this show that I would be fine if the Packers offense were only called passing plays were only called passing plays, and all run plays were done as checks. And the reason I feel that way is because passing is just so much more efficient. And so if you're a defense, that is the number one thing you have to stop. That was why going double cornerback and and not addressing some other positions where, where you know, some Packer fans wanted a pass rusher, etc. Mike Patton has the blueprint. He saw what, a, what an outstanding secondary can do for your defense. He saw what top-flight corners can do. It took a unique situation in Buffalo where they had Larry Hughes and Mario Williams and Kyle Williams and Marcel Darius and a really, really good front to get after. And they didn't have outstanding cornerback talent. Stephon Gilmore is a talented but inconsistent player. But if you can bring in Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander and, and Kevin King and you can put together a really talented secondary, I've made this case before on, on multiple occasions, that makes your pass rush better. That is the focus. Getting stops in the passing game should be every team's focus. And, and that is why I've, I've made the case for the offense to focus on passing. Because the best way to beat a defense is through the air. And so if you're a defense, the the number one thing you have to guard against is defending that air. That's it. That's the goal. Now, I assume everyone got to see the fireworks on the 4th. If you're looking to boost 
the fireworks that you have going on in the bedroom, then I have the product for you, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. You've heard me talk about it before. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Light that sparkler. Let's go. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. I was going through some of the data, and it's pretty obvious. Of the top 10 defenses by DVOA last year, just one had a pass rank lower than 11. Just one. And it was 15, so still an above average passing or right at average passing defense. But three teams had a rush defense ranking of 21st or lower. Three teams had had worse run, like way worse run defenses than they had past defenses and still were much better overall defenses. And you look at the 11th and 12th ranked teams by DVOA, because 10 is a pretty arbitrary cutoff, Washington and San Diego, they were 29th and 25th against the run. But each were top 10 against the pass. Passing defense is the only thing that matters. There And there's a really just obvious and easy illustration of this point. The Kansas City Chiefs were the best run team in football last year. The best. On a per carry basis, 4.7 yards per attempt on 405 attempts. And, and, and the numbers are not necessarily important, but just understand they were the best run team in the league and they averaged under five yards an attempt. The worst passing offense in football last year on a per attempt basis was the Baltimore Ravens 5.7 on 567 attempts. Think about how big a difference that is. So on on more than 150 more plays, the worst passing offense was a yard better than the best rushing offense. How do you move the ball down the field? Well, you have to get yards. And so on a per-play basis, even the worst passing attack in the league is better than the best rushing attack by a full yard. That is a huge difference. Now, none of this is to say that running is not important. It is. And the most efficient play in football is a play-action pass. You cannot set up play action if no one is afraid of your run game. Now, that is that is at least true for most teams. Some teams are, are some quarterbacks are particularly good at, at making fakes. The Patriots, for example, 
not a historically good run team, but their play-action game is still outstanding. All you need to do is cast that little seed of doubt in a defender's mind, and and quarterbacks can fit the ball into these windows. I mean, that is that is the deal. And so you still, being able to be balanced is still important offensively. There's no question. And, and if you can't stop the run, if you're hemorrhaging yards on the ground late in games, it's going to make it much harder for you to close out games. It's going to make it harder when another team is trying to close you out. The Atlanta Falcons found out that they couldn't close out games and it cost them a Super Bowl. How many games can you think of over the last 10 years where Green Bay had a chance to get a stop and get the ball back and a team, when everyone in the stadium and everyone watching knew that the offense was going to hand the ball off, Green Bay still couldn't get a stop. These things still do matter. You still have to be able to stop opposing offenses in general. There, I mean, Green Bay had a good run defense two years ago to start the season, and then it, things fell apart after the Cowboys game. And they got back a little bit. But not having a good run defense can hurt you. That's, I mean, I, I don't want to make it seem like you can just give up on the run game. You can't. Four yards an attempt, I mean, that's just an average number. And three carries, you have a first down. And there is value in being able to pound a team on the ground. If you look at the top teams last year on the ground in yards per attempt, Kansas City, number one, that, that's a playoff team. New Orleans, number two, that's a playoff team. Philadelphia is four, that's a playoff team. Rams are seven, Atlanta's eight, Jacksonville nine, Carolina 10. Those are playoff teams. New England's 12, that's a playoff team. Titans, 15, playoff team. Being able to be efficient on the ground is still a weapon simply because it creates so much doubt in the minds of defenses. Having that balance means being able to be versatile, be unpredictable, and to use play action as a weapon. So conversely, if you're a defensive coordinator, yes, you want to stop the run. But the idea that you stop the run first and foremost, this is the oldest adage in football because it predates the passing game. You have to stop the run to win games. Yeah, sort of. You have to stop the run to be a marginal passing defense. You, it is very hard to be a very bad run defense and a very good passing defense in the modern league. But the Browns, with Mike Pettin, did it. I mean, second and 31st. I mean, you can't get much more disparate than that. And as I mentioned, they were the 11th defense overall. That illustrates the disparity and the importance of prioritizing passing defense over the rushing defense. Green Bay has built an excellent run defense and they built a potentially good running offense. They were a very good rush offense last year. Remember, this was a top offensive team by DVOA running the ball last year. Couldn't win games. Why? Because they couldn't throw it effectively. I mean, the, the Packers are proof positive 
of this adage because if you look at them last year, very good run defense, very good run offense, couldn't make the playoffs, even with half a season of Aaron Rodgers because they couldn't throw the ball and they couldn't stop teams from throwing it. If you can pick two things to do in this league, it is throw it and stop teams from throwing it. If you can do those two things, you're going to be really hard to beat. Having balance is nice, and being able to to stop the run is nice. It's not necessary. It's not essential. And and it's true. That 2014 Cleveland team, that was that was second and 31st, and and a solid defense. They they did not win a ton of games, but that was because the offense wasn't very good, not the defense. That was a failure of offense. If if Aaron Rodgers would kill for that defense. Aaron Rodgers with the second-ranked passing defense? He wins 11, 12 games. 13, maybe. I don't care if they're 35th against the run. None of this is to say running the ball or stopping the run doesn't have value. Obviously, it does. But there is nothing that would lead us to believe in Mike Pettin's career, despite some of what those numbers say about a run defense, that says this run defense should regress significantly. This is potentially the most talented group of defensive linemen as a whole he's coached. Now they don't have the edge rushers that he had in Buffalo, but better interior players than he had in New York. And certainly better on the defensive line than in Cleveland. And so... Even if we say they're going to get a little worse, let's say they're the 15th run defense, it won't matter if this passing defense gets significantly better. And because I just don't think the run defense is going to get worse, that's just the baseline. And so that makes it that much that makes it that much easier for this passing defense to improve because they should already know the front's got it. They're going to stop the run. So the safeties don't have to cheat. The linebackers don't have to cheat. The cornerbacks don't have to worry about it. The front is going to take care of it. And we're going to do the things in the back end that we need to do. All right, we're going to be back on Wednesday and then Friday. This is our normal schedule as we ramp up toward training camp, which already fast approaching. It seems incredible, but 4th of July, we've zoomed past that. And we're on to, you know, it's almost mid-July now. I'm going to be ramping up the output that I have at Acme Packing Company, taking a little bit larger role there, which I'm very excited about. So keep an eye out for that. That means more regular content that that you'll be able to see on my Twitter feed, at Peter underscore Bukowski. I post a lot of it on my professional Facebook feed. You can go follow me on Facebook. Uh, Please follow the podcast on Facebook. It makes it really easy to share a podcast you like or to comment on a podcast you like or, or that you don't like. Let me know what you're thinking. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from Packers Nation. So go like us on Facebook, please. Remember, fan-sided also, ton of Packers content there, Pro Football Weekly. My goal is to make my audience the most informed Packers fans out there, so I will always point you in the direction of the best Packers content. I will have the best Packers writers out there. We're going to get back to our schedule from last year where we do Opponent Wednesday, where we do... Expert Tuesday, get that scouting report on Thursday, and really dive into another Packers season. We're getting close. We really are. 
fast approaching. And that means there's a lot of information for you to digest, a lot of stuff to be up to date on. And the best way to do that is to stay locked on. Pack.